0: Hey, this is Glenn Mann of The Man From New York Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is actually the first episode of an all-new podcast I'm doing called Sidewalks and Skyscrapers. It's focused on people, places, and things in New York City. Slightly different in tone, what you are usually listening to here on The Man From New York Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Uh, subscribe to the new podcast, Sidewalks and Skyscrapers, on Google, Apple, Spotify, And thank you for continuing to listen to Man From New York. Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann and you are listening to the Sidewalks and Skyscrapers podcast. A podcast that explores all things New York, from the peoples and places to things that make it what it is. Now there were two news stories, both in the New York Post that stood out to me recently, both involve animal life here in the city. Now, of course, when you think of animal life in the city, think of the Central Park Zoo or the Bronx Zoo, Uh, but this was a little bit different. One story was of a stray kitten wandering a one train that was heading uptown, and this kitten uh, made friends with some passengers, appeared to claw, try to bite at other passengers, until it got to its stop on 125th street and got off now who knows maybe this kitten had an audition at the Apollo Theater uh, maybe it was heading to Sylvia's for lunch uh, there's a week working on 125th street maybe this kitten had a business meeting but it felt like such a New York story and there's another story involving animal life maybe that wasn't as cute Apparently, a group of raccoons have invaded a subway station in Brooklyn. The Canarsie station on the L train apparently has a pest problem with raccoons who have turned this train station into their home. And of course, people are concerned because they don't want to get bit by a raccoon, which is understandable. And it was like reading the story. Like, yeah, this sounds. This is a New York story, and this is definitely feels like a Brooklyn story it made me think about a conversation I had with someone about less than a year ago. This was a person who grew up in New York City, but had moved many years ago, but was back in town visiting. And she was telling me about all the things she was doing while she was back in the city. And she was like, yes, I went to this restaurant uh, in Brooklyn, and I went to see this art show in uh, this part of Brooklyn. And then I went to visit my friend that was in this part of Brooklyn. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of Brooklyn in the itinerary. And she was like, yeah. She's like, when did Brooklyn become so cool? And that's a very interesting question. Now, there are Brooklynites, native Brooklyners, who will say Brooklyn has always been cool. And no one is here is going to dispute that. But let's explore this question a little bit further. Now, of course, when people think of Brooklyn these days, they think of hipsters, right? That has sort of become the label, especially parts of Williamsburg and Bushwick and Greenpoint. And people think of these folks are doing things that seem of uh, sort of retro, but also sort of forward-thinking. It's the kind of place where you can imagine someone saying, I'm going to open up a store that only sells grape jelly. And the grape jelly store attracts crowds of people lined up around the block just to eat grape jelly nothing on it that's grape deli that's the kind of place you imagine when you think of uh, parts of Brooklyn that are sort of afflicted with the label being sort of hipsterville but Brooklyn is a place where creative types and independent sort of types have gathered over the past uh, many years Uh, this trend starts of course has to do with real estate started with many young professionals who felt priced out of Manhattan? Actually, they were priced out of Manhattan, so they began to make their way across the East River, where rents were cheaper, and they began to explore these neighborhoods. And they began to notice, hey, these places are kind of cool. Not to the chagrin of people who have been living there for decades. The uh, sort of a, that was sort of a like insult, like, hey, of course this place is great. We've, we've been living here, but people began to make their way to these neighborhoods. And they began to transform. And like I say, independent types, creatives, freelancers, writers, photographers, artists, painters, all types of people began to make parts of Brooklyn their home. And it's sort of become a cultural capital in the world. There are coffee shops in parts of Europe that are simply called Brooklyn. Because they want people to have sort of the feeling of visiting a coffee shop in Brooklyn, which is has dozens, if probably not hundreds of sort of coffee shops where you can sit all day with your laptop, work on your screenplay, uh, design a website. If you're a coder or a web designer or any other type of job where you're not sort of attached to an office. From a 9 to 5 range. So in many ways this is how Brooklyn became cool because of all these at least in sort of today's view but of course we can look through history and maybe say maybe it has always been cool because maybe it became cool when the Native American Indian first occupied the land and called it home maybe it was cool then Or maybe it became cool when the Dutch settlers began to build villages. Villages called Flatbush and Bushwick. Villages that became part of what we now know as Brooklyn. Maybe it was cool when Brooklyn was an independent city, not part of New York City. Brooklyn would join the other counties in 1898 to form what we now know as the greater city of New York. Or if you're an old fan of cinema, Maybe Brooklyn became cool when stars like Barbara Stanwyck and Susan Haywood, Brooklyn-born people, became these big Hollywood stars. Another person from Brooklyn became a big star, Barbara Streisand. Maybe Brooklyn became cool then. Or before, maybe Brooklyn became cool in 1955 when the Brooklyn Dodgers finally won the World Series, defeating their rival New York Yankees. Or maybe before that, maybe when Jackie Robinson broke baseball's baseball color barrier, Brooklyn became cool. Or maybe when it was a young filmmaker named Spike Lee who took the world of cinema by storm with films like She's Gotta Have It and Do the Right Thing. Went on to make iconic commercials for Nike and Michael Jordan, which sort of changed the cultural landscape uh, of the country in many ways. Or maybe Brooklyn became cool. When a young kid named Christopher Wallace became known to the world as Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. The Notorious B.I.G. See, we can always look back at a place that has a vast history and look at certain points and say this is a time when it became special. So yes, Brooklyn is cool and to a certain extent has always been cool and probably always will remain cool. Because every generation will look to make their mark. Every generation will have some sort of contribution to it. So this has been Sidewalks and Skyscrapers. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Go to our Facebook page. Also, visit Sidewalksandskyscrapers.com. You can find information on in-person experiences and tours taking place right here in New York City. I'm Glenn Mann. And you've been listening to the Sidewalks and Skyscrapers podcast.